Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grace and peace. Well, in that, this morning, I would like to give a presentation to all of the men uh, as we know the theme for Men of Change for today it's about putting on your pants and even in putting on your pants for us men that know that it's a real thing normally you can't put on your pants until you put on your underpants or your undergarments or as the world says, your underwear. Amen. So, so in that, I want to begin to, to uh, take this time period to begin to speak from that preference. I want all of the men to really begin to, to think, you know what I'm saying, as to the information that I'm going to give to you and be able to parallel that with who you are as a spiritual being. Amen. I have said this often. People have heard me say this and I'll say it again. We as men have to remember we're a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit. But let me say that again. We are a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit. Your physical body has only caught up to what you were already created as before you came into the material realm. For those that are Bible readers, we know uh, in the book of Jeremiah, he says, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. Meaning I, I knew you as a spirit before I decided to put a body as a shell on it. So when we as, as men, when we as believers began to look in the right preference, because if you think about it, often we want to address our physical before we do our spiritual. And what it always causes me to lean to to speak into people's lives is the fact that, you know, unfortunately, we become so physically obese that we become spiritually anorexic. Come on. Amen. Uh, let me say it again. We have become so physically obese that we become spiritually anorexic. We've had we've got so much of looking for what's our exterior looking like. But yet we're not feeding what our interior should look like. Amen. Uh, um, and I think, you know, and this is just just, just me speaking. I, I think the world conditions us that way. And I say that because if you think about it and, and really think about what I'm saying, notice that you as men and as young men, your identity of the way that you look to people is based on, watch this, you being transparent. Y'all hear, hear what I'm saying? Even as this country operates, even in politics, notice that people that run for political position, everybody want them to be transparent. All right? So, so in that, in the transparency of people, that means you want people to be able to see through you. Yeah. 
And, and we began to adapt what the world thinks. We began to adapt to the fact that, okay, in my transparency, I, I, I don't, I don't want to appear before people that I'm hiding something. Right. Uh, I want people to know everything that, 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 that's going and watch this, we'll say, in my life. <laughs> but watch this. If, 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 man of God, I'm so driven to be transparent, then that means I'm cast with a ghost because I have no sustenance in me. We as spiritual men have to understand what we're really speaking based upon what the world is telling you. You're saying, I, I, if I'm going to make myself transparent, I'm trying to make myself uh, in a nature that I have no sustenance in me. So it brings us to the thing, the correct word is translucency. Amen. The word translucency means to look within. Yeah. So our relationship as men, especially in the body of Christ, is not trying to make ourselves transparent to everybody. We're trying to make ourselves translucent. Mm -hmm. What's inside of me yeah. that I want you to see? Especially everybody here that's in the realm of ministry, no matter what perspective of ministry that you're operating in. The thing is, I go around here and I want folks to see that I got something in me. That's what I want you to look at. That's what I want you to be able to connect with me on and address and see. Understand as, as I get to these undergarments. It really deals with the translucency of what you got going on underneath. Amen. Amen. So my scriptural reference is the one that was the theme. Leviticus chapter 16 verse 4. And as I have in parentheses here, I want everybody to know first of all, who the scripture was referring to, but yet in the spiritual, who else it speaks to. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 14, the scripture says, he shall put on holy linen coats. Now, for those that are Bible readers that may have your Bible, you can go to it. In Leviticus chapter 16, God is giving word to Moses regarding Aaron and the order of the priests. Yes. Now, reason, reason, you know, we say this as a foundational scripture to you. It's because, let, let me get you, if I can, beyond the identity that you're uh, empowering yourself just as a believer. Mm. Just as a Christian. There's an identity that we were called to, both Old Testament wise as well as new. The scripture calls you to be a royal priesthood. Okay, if I can clarify that to drop it in your head. So so now you can begin to know this is just as significant to you as Moses speaking it over the life of Aaron and his sons. If we are called to be a royal priesthood, the scripture is saying that you're called to be kingly priests. And see, the order is significant. You're called to be kingly priests, not priestly kings. <laughs> Let me say that again. You are identified by scripture, Old Testament as well as new, to be kingly Priest, not priestly kings. I articulate that in your hearing this morning because so often we'll hear it in the church. We'll hear it at our house. 
We'll hear it in the streets. We'll hear it when men fellowship. We'll hear it when women fellowship. Everybody want to say, I'm a king. I'm the king of my castle. And in that, men are already in the wrong perspective of understanding because even as they say that, notice that they never put the word priest with it. That's right. You only want to call yourself a king. But yet you don't call yourself in the identity of the priest. And the scripture says you are a royal priesthood. You are kingly priests. You can find that even in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. So, so in that, what it implies to you is that as a man of God, I should be operating in the earth realm in the identity of a priest. But when I speak as a priest unto men, women, and the world, it has kingly authority. Yes, Lord. Let me make sure you got it right. I'm supposed to represent God as a priest that's got kingly authority. But now, now that, that brings us where we're headed to the significance because I need to know how to be a priest. I'm not a priest just by name. There's some things that I have to represent in my priest identity that will validate my authority of kingship. I hope I'm making sense this morning. So that's why I added in there as this scripture is talking to Aaron, it's also talking to priestship. As it's talking to priestship, it's talking to each and every one of us if we're claiming that we are a child of God. So now that we've got that in perspective, it says he, and I, I, I venture out there, put yourself as the he, shall put on holy linen coat, and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh and shall be girded with a linen girdle and with the linen and miter shall he be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, shall he wash his flesh in water and so put them on. So the scripture gives the foundation to Aaron. Amen. It gives the foundation to the priest. But now I say this scripture gives foundation to us as men. What we have a requirement to do. Yeah. So in that, now I, it, it, it brings me to the preference of the question that you don't have to respond because I'm going to give you the answer. What is the purpose of godly undergarments? What is the purpose of putting something on under the clothes that people see? Godly garments under as well as based on this what you have over are physical garments that are symbolic reminders to a believer of God of his spiritual purposes, both of himself and his character being in and part of our daily lifestyle. Let me, before I even go to the second one, I want to make sure y'all understand what I just told you. Mm. The purpose of garments 
that are mentioned in the scripture, I'm trying to take you all beyond physical understanding, Amen. is that the physical garments that you wear are only how you're speaking of who you are on the inside. Mm. Wow. Yes, sir. Notice, all of us men won't look good at some time. But the thing, you become messy Marvin when your exterior don't match what your interior looks like. Amen. Okay. Regardless of how fine of a suit that you wear in worship service or so forth, that suit don't look good if the inside of you doesn't match the way it looks. Well, good stuff. Come on, yes, sir. Men too often are going on in their life with a facade that how I dress makes me all right. And the thing is, my dress ain't matching how I'm supposed to be dressed in order to make me feel all right. Because, see, I could wear an Armani suit as much as I want to. But even with a nice looking Armani suit, if the suit does not match the God man that I am, then the suit now becomes my God and causes me to go contrary of what I am dressed for. My occasion of what I'm dressing is not a God occasion, it's a feel-good occasion. Uh, am I teaching somebody something? So God began to get, because, you know, watch this, even as we talked, we, we touched a little bit on the law. God has had me on this thing of the law. You know, why do we even keep the law? Everybody said, well, God gave a bunch of laws and stuff just to say do this and don't do this. But we never take into consideration he gave you the guidelines of how to be him in the earth. Amen. Amen. If he's giving you a destiny to be with him in eternity, he gave you the law to say, okay, I'm going to give y'all the instructions on how you can be me in the earth. So it makes you legal when you get to me and you can live with me eternally because you've already practiced walking like me based on what you submit your mind to according to my law and my word. And so now when I began to look at the word in that perspective on a deeper level, that it's not just an outer shell of something being told to me. It's something that is speaking to the man inside of me. I'm busy trying to do everything else that it says do, man of God, in the material realm, but I'm not engaging my mind to deal with it in the spiritual first. Remember I said you're a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit. So my spirit man has to first begin to understand the word in order to translate it over to my physical expression. Amen. Yes. Okay. Amen. Good. Amen. So... They become symbolic. And see, this, this hopefully will enrich you while those that are here got underwear on right now. You may chuckle and you laugh as to what I'm talking about, but you begin to understand that what you're wearing is doing something for you. You just got to be shown the spiritual aspect of it that now makes you proud to do it. Because could it be, could it be there's some things that we don't do according to the will of God, we ain't proud of doing it. I'm just doing real man talk. Could it, could it be we ain't proud to do it because nobody has shown us the significance of it in correlation to the word of God to make us want to do it and be proud to do it. See, even folks, 
the ones that's in here this prior service, you know, a commander can give you a command. And you can carry it out, but that don't mean that you believe in that command or want to do it. You just follow an instruction. And it does not become real for you unless that command now becomes passionate to you that you say, regardless of what the commander told me to do, I'm doing it for me because it lines up with God. And many of us men, even when it comes to our dress, the way that we carry ourselves, some of it could be shame that we still dealing with that we ain't had acknowledged yet. <laughs> There's some things in us that we ward with because nobody has given us our rights of passage. Nobody has been there as a man that has arrived in what he wears and what he does to say, let me take you under my wing because I see some things in air with how you carry yourself. Really what they say, I see some things in air how you've been dressing yourself. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, in that, still tied to the purpose, it's due to the spiritual purpose of the garments of God in the life of a believer. We are called to operate in a spiritual revelation. The clothes that are dressed in Scripture, we talk about garments of the priests and so forth. It wasn't just that they looked pretty. Y'all hear me? It's not, not, it's not that God said, I want y'all to wear some pretty clothes Come as on. priests. Amen. The clothes that he gave the priests had meaning behind them. Yeah. And see, this is the thing. Uh, 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 many of us, especially in an apostolic background, Come on. we look at the, 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 the thing of wearing vestments and so forth. Many of you have seen this in, in great regalia of attire. And so many people say, wow, you know, them, that, that's a nice garment that, 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 that they wear and so forth. Wow, I bet they spin a grip to get that. Yeah, but see, there's a price that goes along with those garments or those vestments. And the thing is, the price that's paid in the natural doesn't even match up to the equivalent of the price that was paid in the spiritual. Yeah. But the thing is, it's an honorable thing that I display. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So that those who are watching, those that are looking, should be saying there's something that according to what they're wearing, it is equivalent to what's within them. Come on. Amen. Amen. You don't wear a uniform in a career field that you don't do. Amen. Okay, yep. Amen. Everybody that's been here in the military, unless you're an MP, y'all understand where I'm going. All right. Unless you are in the police force, you don't go to military duty wearing a police uniform. Come on. Because it don't match you. It's, it's not your legitimate identity. Mm -hmm. So I've got to be in my legitimate identity. I've got to be in my legitimate identity. And what I'm, what I'm trying to bring home to you, your priestly identity is first and foremost outside of being a believer or a child of God. Amen. It's, it's, it's the next phase. Yes. I know some pastors probably deal, deal with that now. You have members in ministries, and some of you that may be members in ministries, you join and you connect to churches, you connect to ministries, and then once you, you receive salvation, you go before the altar and you say, I give my life to the Lord. I, 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 I'm ready to start a, a, a new life. Then you say, what's next? And then the answer is, we just 
<laughs> Do the word of God till we get to the by and by. <laughs> we, we, we laugh, but you think about it. How many people that have come into the body of Christ don't know their next assignment come on. after giving their life to Christ to start the journey? Many, and, and I'm just being real, become selfish after that. Why do I say they become selfish? Because what happens is the individual, even though they've given their life to the Lord, they're only going to focus on what they need to fix within themselves. But they're not also trying to pick up the career field that goes along with being fixed. Is everybody understanding? So, so, so in the process of helping men move forward, people in the body of Christ, it's one thing that we're helping them with increasing their relationship, but then you got to train them for their career field. Yeah. The word talks about works. When you look at that word works from the Greek in the New Testament, it means your profession. Amen. So faith without works is dead. Yeah, because you ain't chose the profession that goes along with what you just claimed that you gave your life for. Yeah. And that profession is for you to be priests in the earth yeah. with king's authority. That's right. Yeah. Am I making sense to somebody? Yeah. Amen. So in that, the revelations. Based on this, mm -hmm. notice you ain't supposed to be spiritually uncovered. Come on. That's right. That's right. Can I? That's right. Can I go to the scripture in, the, in Leviticus chapter 21? Because y'all know I, I don't like giving you nothing that I can't bag up. If you're going to get a revelation on something. In Leviticus chapter 21 verse 10, it says, And he that is the high priest among his brethren... Upon whose head the anointing oil was poured and that is consecrated to put on his garments mm -hmm. shall not uncover his head nor uh, rend his clothes. Mm. So if I'm walking in my identity, Come on. not just being a believer, uh, we, we got to get beyond that. When I begin to walk in my career field yeah. as a believer, Come on. Mm -hmm. yes, sir. the scripture says, basically, I'm supposed to be covered and not uncover myself. Well, well. Yes, sir. so there's a there, there's there's a spiritual tie. There's a spiritual tie to it that should begin to speak to you saying, OK, because we usually say in the church, everybody needs covering. Amen. So covering not only yokes itself to the ministry or the leadership that you yoke to covering is a demonstration of how you live as well amen. amen i can't dress any old kind of way because any old kind of way is telling the world what kind of undercovering i really have amen. so if i expose myself i know some preachers are high five on on what i'm saying here yeah. if i'm exposing myself then really what I'm saying, I'm sending a psychic command to people that I don't believe in being covered. I don't believe in submitting and I don't believe in even submitting myself to wearing the right covering in order to make me legal in the presence of people. Amen. Wow. Okay. Watch this. Based on the next one, could it be why there's a lot of depth in the body of Christ right now? Well, there's some living dead that are walking around because they've been stripped mm. and walking in death. 
Come on. In a spiritual perspective because of not being connected and not being covered. Mm-hmm. Look in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, chapter 20. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 26, Scripture says, And strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar, his son. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, watch this, and shall die there. Y'all got to grab a revelation here. So, Aaron removing his priestly garments. Come on, come on. Put him in a place for the transition to die. That's right. Uh, Amen. Oh, y'all. Verse 28, that same chapter. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eleazar, his son. And Aaron died there. In the top. Watch this. And he died in the top of the mountain. When you pull your priestly garments off, especially your undergarments, you can even be in a high place in God. But your preparation is for your next stage, which is death. How many of us are already in the mountain at a place of death because we ain't even got the garments on or we keep taking them off? Many of us are quick to go to put on the whole armor of God, but people will put it on, but then they take it off. There's nowhere in the scripture where you are called to take it off. So as priests, the garments and the undergarments I wear, watch this, begins to speak who's keeping me. Okay, the man of God was sharing with us here earlier. He talked about his light that was shining that caused men in incarceration. See, y'all, we want to talk about being men that have the light in us and on us. But the thing is, are you doing the mechanics to keep the light in you and on you? Come on now. Yes, sir. (laughs) Even a car that you came in still has to have internal maintenance in order for it to still go. So so the question is, when I get the light of Christ in me as a believer, am I still doing my frequent maintenance of putting on and keeping on and not letting nobody undress me from my spiritual countenance. Okay. That means it takes so much time, one slide, but we're here to learn something. Amen. Amen. So, brings me to the next slide. What is the world's understanding and meaning of our undergarments? See, because. Those that know me, especially with ministering, I I have to deal with Prophet Webster. (laughs) I have to deal with the prophet that has been speaking in many's lives and show you what that prophet has been telling you versus what God wrote for the prophets and the apostles to tell you. Because, see, unfortunately, you know, For those that may not know me very well, unfortunately, Prophet Webster, and I'm referring to Webster's Dictionary, Webster's Thesaurus. These these are referencing anytime everybody want to know what a word means. It's interesting that we will go quickly to the dictionary. And then whatever Webster says it means, we say that's it. And we live by it. But could it be Webster's prophecy 
has caused you now to lose power of God's word. Amen. Because Webster has given you a psychic command or really operated in witchcraft to give you the reverse meaning of some things, which means something else in the word of God. Come on, come on. So, let's see what Webster says the definition of undergarments is. Webster says it's an article of underclothing. Webster says it's a garment to be worn under another. So, Webster's in the ballpark. The Cambridge Dictionary says it's a piece of underwear. Now, notice the Cambridge Dictionary says a piece, but even in its definition, it don't associate with where they're worn. Come on. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I can have as many pairs of boxes in my house as I want to, but if I don't wear them, they don't become part of me. They're just something that I got. So Cambridge is really implying to you, this is just something that you collect. How many of us are doing collection versus, okay. Come on, come on, man. It also says a garment worn under outer garments especially next to skin. Now, we talk about dictionaries, you also talk about, as I said, thesauruses. Yeah. What does the thesaurus say? And the thesaurus gives us the similes between a word. So, what's, what's interesting that the thesaurus says is accessories come to mind. Now, y'all laugh, but you think about it. Even those that are married or have women in your lives they accessorize. <laughs> Thesaurus also says undergarments are associated with a change of clothes. Mm -hmm. Huh. Come on. So what, what Thesaurus is, is really saying is, if I can give y'all real, real revelation, when it says it's associated with change of clothes, then the Thesaurus is saying it's something you keep switching out. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. Hopefully y'all are grabbing that in the spirit because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold you in your spiritual realm of thinking Amen. as you look at these materialistic things as to what they mean. The thesaurus says underwear. Watch this. The thesaurus even ties other things uh -huh. to being underwear. Your necktie is considered an, an undergarment. Yeah. Casting off Watch it. Some you no longer want. <laughs> this is the, the thesaurus that the world goes to, and in the simile, it says undergarments is stuff you're supposed to get rid of. Mm. How, 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 many, how many people that you know, whether you disclose names or not, have been getting rid of stuff? <laughs> and it's because. The dictionary and the stars has given you a, a frame of reference that you build the way you operate in your life. Verse. And don't know that it's speaking to how you spiritually operate as well. Mm. Notice disguise. <laughs> so unarmed are, are like disguises. They're your ensembles, guard, hosiery, 
So in that, what are God's spiritual undergarments? What is it that God says these are? All right. Now, based on the scripture that we read in Leviticus 16.4, it says, watch this. And I, this, this amazed me when I was doing my due diligence of homework. The word linen. Notice that in the scripture the word linen was used with each item of a garment. It said linen coat, mm -hmm. linen roll. But what's fascinating is the Hebrew word for linen. The Hebrew word for linen is bad. Mm. But yet Prof, uh, Prophet Webster tells you the word bad means something that's not good. Y'all about to see where, where I'm getting at. Come on. Somebody does something that you dislike. Notice you call them bad. But yet in the real frame of reference by scripture, the word bad is talking about being linen, being white, being divided, being isolated. And watch this. It means being uh, 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 breathable. It's, it's talking about the essence of the power of God. Mm. So the world has conditioned you that the word bad means something that God never intended its real meaning to be. That's right. Come on. That's right. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. So the word says put on linen or bad breeches. <laughs> breeches is underwear, trousers, drawers to conceal. Watch this. Private parts. Okay. Mm. So God says, watch this. The scripture doesn't it say, I cover your sins. Come on, amen. Okay. Amen. When God covers your sins, you demonstrate that your sins is covered by the underwear that you wear. Come on, amen. You remind yourself. Come on. Yes, sir. That what's nasty about you. Come on. While you still in this material body, yeah. you remind yourself of what got to be covered. Yes, All of us want to be covered by the blood of Christ, but yet we don't want to cover Come what on. needs to be covered within. Yes, sir. <laughs> we try to wear nice boxes and so forth, but the fact of the matter is we don't even make the connection that it reminds us that some things that's within us that we can't get rid of in the material realm has to still be covered okay 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 the linen breeches it's also the term where we get the term breeches where we get pants from but it started with your underwear yeah. Uh -huh. So it says your breeches are holy garments. That means they're consecrated, they're dedicated, they're they're what, what was required for separation. Amen. Now, Scripture says the length of them reaches from your waist to your thigh. Let me, let me, can, I, can I still give y'all a revelation on, on that? I don't even have it on the slide. But when it talks about your waist, 
Just like the man of God was talking about, this is where your loins is. This is where your power is. So, so he says, your undercovering of what needs to be covered up, especially to get in my presence, it starts where your power source is. Come on, come on, come on now. Sometimes I got to recognize and be reminded that it's not by my power, but by God's power alone. So sometimes when we come on the scene with him, I got to cover up what I'm working with in order for him to work with me and be beyond my own power. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Amen. Okay. Then the word says a linen, which means a bad girl. <laughs> Sash, yeah. waistband. Mm-hmm. When we when we real deep with this, some of us got to understand that waistband is only symbolic of us being the bookmans of today. Anybody know anything about good times? It was the tool belt. If my waist. And the belt is carrying tools that is associated with the power that's being represented on the outside while I'm covering up my own tools. Come on, come on. Okay. All right. That's good. Then it says the linen miter. All this is in Exodus 28, 42. It's the turban. It's the tiara. It's the official turban. Or watch this. It's the diadem. All right, now, what's interesting is the root word is sanaf, which means to wrap or wind together or around. Mm. Now, what I'm bringing to your attention is based on the scripture, the, the turban or the miter or the covering that we see many leaders wear. According to the word of God, a hat is considered an undergarment, not an overgarment. But in the concept of the hat or the covering being considered an undergarment, the word says, uh, uh, it it tells us uh, 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 to wrap and bind ourselves in who God is. Okay, I'm going to clarify it for you. The book of Isaiah, y'all have read it. It says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The word wait in Hebrew means to wrap and bind yourself. It means to twist yourself. So, Mm -hmm. So if waiting is not about twiddling thumbs, whistling, and just sitting still, waiting as far as God is concerned is about wrapping and binding yourself into something. And he says, as far as the undergarment, You symbolize when you put a hat on your head that you want really to wrap and bind yourself into something that has purpose. You don't wear a hat just to look nice because it wears your football team or or, or because it represents Mm -hmm. what what company you like. Mm Come on. As far as God is concerned, it speaks to what you've bound yourself with in your undergarments that's connected to your cerebral. Amen. Amen. So what what are God's garments that cover or enhance our godly undergarments? As I alluded to here, to begin with, it deals with the garments that we wear. On the outside, as many of you see leaders wearing in church, but the undergarments 
allow these things to show forth. What's, what's interesting, the breastplate, mm -hmm. dealing with the priests a bit. It says the breastplate plate or breast piece. Isn't it funny that the Hebrew word is choshin, which is really the word chosen. Amen. So the breastplate that I can now demonstrate on the outside of me based on what I put in my undergarments Come on. shows that I'm chosen. Yes, sir. Some don't show that they chose it because the undergarments, he said, need to be next to your skin. It need to be next to your flesh. Yes. Come on. Mm. And when, 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 when I put on the right undergarments all right, all right. as a man, when I put on spiritual undergarments, then it validates what physical overgarments I put on so that when I put them on, they real. They ain't tinker toys that come off or don't work. Because usually things that don't work, what do we do? We discard it. Amen. And the thing is, I don't want to discard the anointing of the light that God has in me. I, I want that thing to stick with me even when I ain't feeling good. It's still part of me and how I should be living and demonstrating my life. So the breastplate. It's what makes us chosen. The ephod. The ephod speaks to your image. Genesis 1.26 Let us make man in our own image. There is a look that's supposed to go along with us as men in the body of Christ. There's a look that goes along with us as believers that we're supposed to be associated with. With the undergarments that we wear, it now makes these things self-evident in our spiritual character and countenance that now validates what we materialistically wear. That's right. Come on. Mm -hmm. The robe or the coat. It's the covering. The tunic miter symbolize the power. They symbolize dignity. They signify honor. Because see, when, when y'all go look at Exodus 28, 39-41, God says, when you wear the undergarment of covering your head, uh -huh. he says, this is how you valued. Amen. The girl of the sash, as I just pointed, I pointed out to you, the anointing that goes along with this, the garments enhance your anointing. Which is your consecration, your separation, and it, it, it enhances your uh, uh, sanctification or your dedication. What purpose does godly undergarments serve in, my, in our lives? One of the first and significant things is, unless you got your undergarments on, you can't even approach God. Come on. Wow. We talk about approaching God any old kind of way. Mm -hmm. Question is, have you been approaching him in any old kind of dress? Have you not been putting on your spiritual boxes underneath? That's right. So that you is covered up because of his grace. Amen. So that you have the right to get into the place. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Another purpose is to minister. In Exodus chapter 30, it's to act and 
meditation or to meditate or to officiate in the priestly office. Our godly identity calls us to the royal priesthood or to be kingly priests. Revelations 1.6. It's also referenced in the book of Leviticus and the book of Exodus as well. It is an ordinance of Aaron and watch this, all his descendants of the priestly order. If we're claiming that we're accepting God's word and the identity that he says that we are, then that means you say, I accept being a priest for him as well. Yes. So since I accept that I'm a priest of his, not just being a child of his, then that means I accept the fact that I become part of the heritage Come on. of the priestly order. Come on. I become a descendant of priestship just as much as I become a descendant of Godship. Amen. So as I take my identity of being an heir unto God, I have to also accept my profession that goes along with it. And when I accept my profession, watch this, it becomes an ordinance to me. It becomes my guidelines. It becomes what dictates how I live my life here forward in conjunction with working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Nobody was ever promised a bed of roses as a believer that, 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 that working your sinful nature was going to be easy and I'm probably lumping something else in here as well because you're like wow it means I got to do more than work on, on, on myself I also got to go on the job I also got to go to work and in going to work that means I got to work on myself a little bit harder so that just as much as I'm working on what's within me I'm still demonstrating that based on my appearance of how I am to the body of Christ and unto the world amen amen so, some say, okay, man of God, how do we put it on? How do we do it? How do we do it? All right. And I broke it down from two, two perspectives. These probably going to impact you. Physically, how do we do it? We must first wash our flesh. Nobody won't put on clean clothes with a dirty body. I hope. If y'all remember the foundation of scripture, Leviticus 64 says that you have to wash or bathe. Come on. To put it on. Amen. Now, physically, still in the, in the preference of looking at what we put on physically, materialistically for people to see, they are designed to be pulled up on our bodies. Unfortunately, in the natural, it happens either clean or unclean because some may not be washing their body in the sense of putting on clean clothes. I'm, I'm just keeping it real. We, we're, we're men here. I'm keep, keeping it real. So in that, it says they're designed to be pulled up and on our bodies and remain. Supposed to stay on you. Until they either get dirty we feel the need, or by availability, we replace them. Now, my disclaimer to that is 
Unfortunately, as human beings, we control our options of when and how we wear them. As human beings, the natural underwear that you put on the material, you control that. But the question is, what type of mind do you have controlling what you wear as undergarments? If your mind is clean, Come on. then it's going to make you clean up before you put... Amen. Okay. I'll park that there. Let's look at it from a spiritual perspective. When the scripture said we must wash our flesh, it's saying we must spiritually wash away our human nature or character in water. And if Christ or the Holy Spirit is the water, the spiritual action that I do to wear my spiritual undergarments is the fact that I've got to be washed in the Holy Spirit. I've got to be washed in Christ. And washing me is not just uh, to the thing of going taking a bath. Washing me is getting rid of my ungodly character. My ungodly nature. We understand as believers there's such a thing called the fruit of the spirits. Yeah. But there's also a thing that the fruit of the spirit wars with. And it's the fruit of the flesh. Yeah. The fruit of the flesh is your own human nature. Your own characteristics that don't line up with God's fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. That now only means you continue to eat the fruit of sin. Amen. My flesh is my sinful nature. That means I want to feed my flesh. I want to roll dirty, so I'm going to eat dirty. <laughs> so I continue to go down the same road with what I'm, what, what I'm eating, what, I, what, I, what I'm digesting. And we have to understand, it begins to speak to what you demonstrate that people see. That's right. Amen. Under the same term of, of spiritual, they are designed to come up on our bodies. If y'all never had that revelation, the scripture says when Jesus recited out of the book of Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay. <laughs> Let me give you a revelation. He wasn't talking that the spirit of the Lord came to him. He says it came up on him. When the word upon, it means up and on. So, if I'm supposed to put the garments upon myself, it means they have to come up and on me. Yeah. We are designed to come, or they, should I say, in our lives, are designed to come up and on us based on what we're living and what we've separated ourselves from. Amen. If you ain't separated yourself from the nature or the characteristics of man, those clothes got a hard time getting on you. Amen. They're designed to come up on our bodies based on what we have washed away to hinder their existence as a covering and to maintain their cleanliness. Sometimes they can't come on you because you ain't got clean in order for them to be there. Often, the issue is they're dingy. 
why, why, why are they dingy? It's because it's because you've allowed them to be stained. You've allowed them to be stained, but yet you don't want the process to get the stain out. Okay, I I I I would do an illustration about the washing machine. Yeah, yeah. Everybody know what the washing machine is. Amen. Yeah, you know. Normally everybody got a box sitting in their house. And then you got the round thing in the middle called the drum. But watch this, in the middle of the drum there's an agitator. So whatever you put in the washing machine, it requires the agitator, which is something that goes against it in order to clean out the stain. If I don't have an if I don't have an agitator in my life, then in my cleaning of my clothes that I wear in the material realm, then folks see dingy stuff. And in that, think about this, often some of us pull the clothes out too early. Mercy, come on. I put them in the washing machine. I had the water in there. I have it running. But then sometimes we, we want to take them out before the cycle or the process on, is finished. You take them out. What, what do you got? You ain't got nothing but soggy clothes. All you've done is delayed the process. So what do you got to do? No matter how much you try to wring them out, Still, still, there's some essence of dirt still in them. So you got to put them back in the machine and let the process complete itself. Once it completes itself, now it's the thing, uh, uh, the proof in the pudding, if they've gotten clean and letting them dry. And watch that. Watch this. That, that, that even speaks that there's a process after the process. How many of us is still putting on damp clothes? Because we did not let the process complete itself even after cycle is done. Come on. Okay. Oh. Come on. Yes, sir. Okay. Wow. That is, in the spiritual, fortunately, Holy Spirit lets some things manifest what they should look like. Still. We put on these garments through spiritual consecration. Consecration, for those that may not have had that clarified to you, means to separate, dedicate, obligate, and anoint or ordain oneself to godliness or to being sacred or to a holy purpose. What is that speaking to each and every one of us, though, about consecration? What, what, what does it say to us individually as, as men? What is, what is consecration? Number one, it's about dedicating ourselves as a first fruit to God. Yes. Consecration, many of us may have seen it occur in ministries when leaders are elevated to the office. But you've got to understand what it's spiritually implying. These are the things that that physical action is implying that has happened spiritually to the person or what's within. And the thing is, watch this, all of us have a consecration day. 
Yeah. Regardless of if you are a pastor, an apostle, a bishop, a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher, or a pastor, consecration is open to every man, woman, and child in the world or in the body of Christ. It's not just a thing that you say, well, that's exclusive to those who's leading the church. Consecration is something that should be on all of our minds. As the man of God said, his mind was steadfast on Christ as my mind says steadfast on him then the thing is I gotta want to dress like him as well understand he can't return for a church that ain't ready because the church is not applying itself to the laws of physics likes attract lights it's illegal for something to be like one thing to magnetize itself to something that's different so Jesus can't come back we're holding him in suspended animation He's saying, I got to wait for you to look like me in order for me to come to you. Mm. Why are we delaying the process? And some of it's because we ain't dressing right. Mm. We we haven't even done the precepts to make it legal for him to return. Come on. She says, I I need you to dress a certain way. Mm -hmm. Well. But my dressing is deeper than my physical clothes. I need you to dress a spiritual way to make those physical clothes that you wear and look right on you. Could it be that's why some of us can't even wear our clothes right now. Pants falling down. We can't we can't get the numbers together because we ain't even got the prophetic numbers together. So I mismatch and wear clothes either too big or too small or I decide I don't want to wear nothing at all. And it's because we still don't have godly mathematics in our theology. Come on. Okay. No times. Consecrate oneself. To God as a daily practice. Amen. I gave y'all the scriptures to bag it up. I'm not making this up off the top of my head. I'm supposed to be consecrating myself on a daily basis. I'm supposed to be dedicating myself. When I rise up in the morning, my mindset is with him. And God, I renew this day with dedicating myself to you all over again. You've given me a new life. Every night I die. Your heart rate stops and it starts a new resurrection. You just come into the conscious state when you wake up. And while you're in the conscious state, now with him being first and foremost, now I can say, okay, Lord, I I consecrate myself to you. I give myself to you again. This is a new day that I'm living. Then dedicate ourselves unto God as his priest. I not only give myself to you today, God, uh, uh, as your child, I'm also giving myself to you to my profession come on I got a profession that I got to live up to you in today if I'm going to be your child and your son God I need to validate my relationship and and what my entitlement is in the end of this so God I'm going to work it's not going to be free for me salvation can be given to you free but it's a price that goes along with it after you have accepted him I got to go on the job Sometimes, y'all got to understand, as far as God is concerned, he done already paid you in advance. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. Yes, he did. How come you don't want to pay him in advance? Mercy. Oh, oh, y'all. Okay, okay we. <laughs> I want God to perform for me, but yet I don't want to do nothing and not expect a return. Mercy. What, what kind of relationship Especially as priests. Come on. Bring it. Yep. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. 
That he gave his only begotten The world hadn't done nothing for God. But he said, I'm going to give you Jesus anyhow. I'm, I'm going to give you an advance installment on your life that you ain't even paid for. And, and on top of that, it's going to cost him the ultimate price. He got to die for you. So now, are you going to take your job? Are you going to take your profession? Come on. Yes. Are you going to put on your garments that go along with your profession? Come on. It says make an offering. Watch this. Make an offering, a sacrifice unto the Lord. So, so when I, when I mm. am giving myself to him in my consecration to him, what price am I giving? Mm. Unto him. What sacrifice? Come on, come on. See, consecration don't work without sacrifice. Amen. Yes. There has to be something that's gotta be given up. Yes. Everybody go to work, you give up your hours of your day. Come on, amen. Uh, uh, uh. In order for you to go do your job, then you had to give up your hours. You gave up time. And in that, when you went to work, under most circumstances, they ain't paying you at the end of the day. Come on. What, what you getting your paycheck in two weeks? Or <laughs> end of the week. So, so I can give man a whole week's work or two weeks' work. Nice. I can wait on my paycheck from man. Come on. And I'll still stay faithful to the job and wear the uniform that goes along mm. with that job that I'm doing. But yet when it comes to God, I ain't going to wear the uniform. And I don't want him to be my boss. Come on. I like being on vacation. Mercy. And come when I please. Yeah. Dress when I please. <laughs> do what I please. Mm -hmm. Then when I get crunchy and short, uh -oh. <laughs> now I want to put his clothes on. Uh -huh. I, I'm just being real with me. Now I want to put his clothes on and then tell him to pay me. Anoint oneself for service to the Lord. Separate oneself unto the Lord. Separate one's self from, con from consecration based on the standards of the world. Okay, I know y'all look at it. Come on. Anybody go, when they go look at 2 Chronicles 13, 9, even the word talks about the world has a level of consecration mm. that people do. So he says, my consecration can't be mixed up with the world's consecration. Amen. Mm. Amen. So that's just like this. Watch this. Technically, technically in reality, I can't, I can't be part of more than one fraternity. Uh, I can't join one fraternity and then I'm going to join another fraternity and I'm going to join another fraternity. <laughs> Come on now. You can, you can only be tied to one. Alright. Amen. So since I can only be tied to one, he says, whichever one I tie myself to, that's the consecration that I live to. <laughs> Living according to his law. Which appoints us to his service. 
I've been sharing with men since the turn of the year. God has had me ministering on the law. Mm. Why, why is the law significant? For those, those that are here, the word law comes from the Hebrew word Torah, which means precepts and statutes. When you look up the word precept, however, precept means instructions. Yes. Statutes means prescription. Mm. So, 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 so grab what I'm saying here. He says, if you're going to live according to the law, then that means you're living according to a prescription that you're supposed to be taking while getting the instructions on how to take it. Mm -hmm. wow. mm. When I come to the body of Christ and the man of God or the woman of God is ministering into my life, I am at a pharmacy picking up my prescription. Come on. The ministering is them reading the prescription to me and telling me the instructions on how to take the prescription. So the word of God, watch this, he said, spiritually, it was a medication that I wrote for you through a script, through prophets and apostles, in order for you to live prosperous and in good health. But many of us are not prosperous and in good health, because one, we dress any old kind of way to go to the pharmacy. And then when we get to the pharmacy, we may grab the bag and take it home. But by law, even the pharmacy got to staple the instructions to the bag. And we discard the instructions. You begin to take the prescription and nobody ever took the time to figure out what are the short-term and long-term effects that's in the instructions. Come on. Oh, okay. Amen. So God sets us apart for a service. These are things for consecrating ourselves. These are things that I have to begin to look at as a spiritual man and say, okay, I need to be dressing right for God. But, but in my dressing, the things that I see and the things that I put on in the physical, I've got to remind myself that they're spiritually saying something to God. And what they're saying to him, my life needs to match up that I'm in the right profession, I'm dressed the right way, so the right connections God can manifest in my life that legally go with who I am. Amen. I can probably say, airman in here want a million dollars, but it's illegal for a million dollars to come to you if you ain't dressed a million dollar way. Come on. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And God has given the precepts to those who claim that they're his and claim that they'll walk in the identity of being a priest. He says, then when you walk into the identity of being the priest of me as a child of me, now authority becomes yours. Now the wealth of me becomes yours, that it can legally come to you. It can gravitate to you. Now when you speak to the universe, the universe thing, E.F. Hutton is talking. Come on. Amen. It begins to listen because it says, not only do I see a son of God or a child of God speaking, I see a child of God speaking in priest form. That means it has supremacy and authority of what happens in the reality of the earth realm. Amen. So in saying that, got my own quote for you brothers to tie this thing up. When we take the time to understand the spiritual need for godly undergarments to include his overgarments, we will discover how important they are.
to ushering us into his presence and helping us spiritually focus on our lifestyle, demonstrating to ourselves and others that we are his priests. I want to demonstrate in what I wear not only who I am, but whose I am. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. I pray that every man that's, that's listening, every person that hears this, begins to say, I take pride in how I look because my look speaks something. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to take pride in how I look based upon how I want to look. Come on. I take pride in how God wants me to look. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So, my, my, my look is not about me. Amen. My look is about him. But in order for my look to be him, I first got to start with what I look like on the inside. Amen. That's right. I got to first start with what are the undergarments that I'm putting on to start and cause the manifestation of the overgarments to be on my life and showing Am I really letting myself do that day in and day out? Yes. Or am I only doing it as convenience? Am I only doing it as convenience? So I end that there. Man, I pray that it taught somebody something on today as far as how you're dressing what your undergarments look like to impact your overgarments to the life that you live that should be a life of Christ that leads you to God. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.